You're listening to the Just Giants Podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Tommy DeVito will lead the 5-8 Giants into a critical playoff matchup against the 6-7 and seven Saints in the house that Archie built in New Orleans on Sunday. Good morning and welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the football grump. Cranky Fan did not practice this week with an illness and is out for today's episode. Thanks for tuning into the show. Yeah, um, it's, a, uh, it's a Friday morning podcast. I am... This is me um, in the morning drinking coffee. Um, I'm glad you guys are here, and uh, I'm really excited for this Sunday's game. Uh, we, Cranky and I will be attending our family Christmas party. Uh, we flirted with the idea of kind of recording, watching the game as family members sort of passing it out and not really know much about football as sort of this funny little thing. Don't think it's going to happen, but... Uh, you know, we have a Christmas party every year, so won't rule it out. It just kind of seemed to tie into the big DeVito family thing. Um, this game. Um, Giants are coming into it pretty healthy. Uh, not a lot of people who didn't practice. We There's a good chance that Darren Waller can come back. Um, if that happens, it absolutely shifts the way the offense can function and some of the things that they can do. Um one thing that we noticed a long time ago in training camp is that when Lawrence Cager took Darren Waller's reps in the specific Darren Waller role, those plays were useless because it's kind of highlighting somebody who just doesn't have the same athletic ability. You know, Darren Waller is a unicorn is a unicorn. Not having him in means that those plays just aren't going to work anymore. So I imagine that that opens up a lot of what the playbook has been closed for for Tommy DeVito. Um, another another shiny car in the uh, garage for him. Um, but everybody else, mainly pretty healthy. Dexter Lawrence still kind of nursing that hamstring injury. He played last week, seemed to be fine this week. Still just the same, limited in practice. I think a lot of that is just veteran rest. Evan Neal on the ankle, we've been just fine with Tyree Phillips. Neither one of them is particularly good. Uh, although Phillips is certainly more steady. Uh, no denying that. Not going to defend anything Evan Neal has done this year. Cordell Flott kind of has a shoulder injury. I imagine he's still going to be fine. He was shaky last week. This should be a little bit easier of a matchup for him in terms of covering wide receivers. Uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. Zizo Zolari nursing a shoulder injury. I imagine he's going to play too. He's really just kind of reminded everyone he was on the roster last week. Uh, and Ashawn Robinson, again, nursing a hamstring injury, limited in this week's practice. Um, I, I honestly think that all of these people are going to play except for Evan Neal. So uh, Giants are coming into this pretty pretty darn healthy. Uh, I don't know if we've gotten an official word on Darren Waller yet. I haven't seen it. I, I, I do think that he's probably going to play, though. Uh, it might be like a game-time decision thing. I, we might even find out today, so... On the flip side, Saints not so lucky. Um, Big time Chris Olave 
has not practiced this week with an ankle injury. I don't know if he's going to be out, but if he is out, that is game-changing for the Giants, um, which just makes this whole meme of a season even funnier. Um, but they're 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 banged up all along, the, you know, the roster. Some of their better guys, Taysom Hill, limited in practice with foot and hand injuries. Cam Jordan with an ankle injury. Rashid Shahid, uh, leg injuries. But most importantly, like I said, you have Olave, Kendra Miller, and Isaiah Foskey all did not practice this week. Uh, Saints, far more banged up than us. They, they've been not that great this year. You know, like I said, 6-7, and seven, the Derek Carr thing. A lot of the fans have turned on Derek Carr. Um, but in particular, the last four to eight games, the Saints have been... Uh, straight bad I think <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know it's it's a little hard you know having a laser focus on the Giants my uh, barometer for bad is not where it normally is but I'm going to try and be honest Giants have been pretty awful the Saints have been bad um, that being said this is still the Superdome this is still the same Giants team with the same offensive line that we've dealt with all year. Saquon Barkley has been neutralized because we have had such a anemic passing attack. Uh, this is not going to be an easy game. I don't think. Well, I mean, let's be serious. There are no easy games left. There weren't any easy games to start. Um, there were never any gimmies with this team. There are even less now. Uh, it wasn't that long ago I said I don't think we're going to win ever again. And then we beat the Packers. So um, one win doesn't change everything. It just changes a lot of things. So the needle has shifted for me. Uh, I, I see a winnable game here. <laughs> I don't think that that's going to surprise Giants fans, though. I think that if you watched last week's game, it is easy to become hopeful. But, like, uh, it wouldn't be... Tommy DeVito showed things that we hadn't seen yet. And I think, in my opinion, it has a lot to do with what the Packers did. It has a lot to do with him getting continued practice reps. I think that getting practice reps throughout the week made him perform the way he performed in that game. Uh, I think just continuity in working with the head coach, working with the offensive coordinator, working with the QB coach, week after week, they're able to you know, focus on one bad habit at a time. <laughs> And, you know, work him through on a fast-track pace what he needs to do to be an NFL quarterback. So, I do think that this week is going to be a little bit more difficult for Tommy DeVito and the Giants' passing game. Um, Probably the running game will be just as bad or difficult as it was last week. But I just don't expect the Saints to lay back in their defensive scheme the way that Green Bay did. Green Bay seemed to be very content in forcing Tommy DeVito to complete pass after pass after pass and string together long drives. Um, And I don't really... I I guess I understand that defensive approach, right? Like, um, New England kind of got burned uh, putting pressure on because he was able to launch passes here and there and when he wasn't taking a sack, he would have, you know, four or five long balls. It was enough to win that game. But really, I think if Green Bay had had that defensive approach, it would have been a lot harder for 
the Giants to score the requisite points to offset Green Bay's offense. You know, New England was operating with a different situation in that their offense stinks, and they're playing up against a really good defense that the Giants have. Um, Packers' offense doesn't stink. It is not horrendous the way that New England's is. Um, so I get their approach, but I do think that had they brought pressure, kept Tommy on his heels, kept him having to think quickly, it would have been much harder for him to score 24 points uh, cumulatively throughout the game. Um, I do think he would have taken a sack. <laughs> and I just don't think it's in the Saints' DNA to sit back and play defense like that. And I, I think pressure is coming. I don't think they're going to rush for and leave DeVito to move comfortably in the pocket. And I don't want to say that he had a comfortable pocket in that he wasn't doing the things he needs to do as a quarterback moving back there. He absolutely was. Uh, showed a lot more pocket poise, but more so pocket movement and manipulation than Daniel Jones did in his first year. Undoubted. I said it at the game. Um, the good thing is, so I think I, I think that they're the Saints are going to force Tommy to make quick and smart decisions when throwing the ball. I think that they're going to make him have to identify hot reads accurately and quickly. Um, I think that this is also going to put an enormous amount of pressure on people like uh, John Michael Schmitz and Tommy DeVito to set protections correctly, uh, whether that be the running back in the backfield or the other offensive lineman to his left and right. Uh, so I, I just think that bringing pressure puts a lot more pressure pre-snap on a young offense, and particularly a young team. Uh, that being said, the Saints aren't very good against the run. And lately they've been even worse. Uh, I think they've actually been the worst in the NFL over the last eight games. They've been averaging something like 150 yards per game on the ground. That's pathetic. Um I have to think that they'll be looking to crash down on the run. This is what's interesting is that <laughs> Tommy DeVito having the game he had last week where, yes, there was some run game in there, but most of our running game was, uh, you know, there was an end of the game kind of cover zero or cover one look uh, that Barkley broke a tackle and ended up fumbling, you know, whatever. But, like, there was that sort of end of game, Barkley chunks being ripped off. Uh, there was 71 yards on the ground from Tommy DeVito himself. I think in general the Packers were able to stifle our run game on Monday night. And Tommy DeVito was able to pivot and make things work with the passing game. I I wonder, you, you know, Green Bay seemed to be content with only rushing four and dropping into coverage and passing downs, but keying in on stopping the run. I wonder what the Saints' focus is going to be. Is it going to be bringing pressure to throw Tommy DeVito's passing game off? Uh, or are they going to focus on their awful run defense? Um, those aren't really the same things. Like you, you, you can't really kill two birds with one stone, even though it sounds like you could just put like eight guys up at the line of scrimmage and it's all the same. Um so it's going to be really curious, and I, I think that it's going to hinge very much on Giants coaching, just like every game for the rest of the year. 
It's going to hinge a lot on Giants coaching to recognize what's being done on defense and adjust quickly. It's not something that I think they've been very good at since this regime took over. It, it seems like a lot of our adjustments happen at halftime, even when it's pretty clear what the other team is doing long before that. You know, if you have something like three three and outs in a row and your defense is playing well, you might still be in the first quarter at that point. So that's now you're on your fourth drive. If you're sensing a pattern by drive four, there's no need to wait until the third quarter to react to it. So um, I'm really interested to see what New Orleans tries to do. I, I have to think that they will still be worried about Saquon Barkley first and foremost and a run game. Uh, I have to think that they'll be worried enough to keep a spy or somebody in there for Tommy DeVito. I think 71 yards on the ground last week. He really was the difference in keeping drives alive and moving the chains, just taking what the defense was giving him. Uh, And I just think that it is the easiest thing in the world to make the decision to run uh, if that's what the defense is giving you. It's like, if that's what the defense is giving you, it may not be the best choice. You might have somebody open down the field, but it's almost never not a good choice. You know what I mean? It's like it's always a good choice if the defense is giving it to you. Uh, you know, if it's third and five and the defense is giving it to you, it's a pretty good chance you're going to get five. So I don't think that the Saints are just going to give Tommy DeVito that. Uh, I think it's the easiest thing in the world as a defense, too, is to just, like, don't let this guy run. So that's your job. I just think that it's spreading their focus too thin to worry about the run and worry about bringing pressure and worry about spying Tommy DeVito for a defense that is not playing well. So I find it really interesting. I think that there are three possible avenues there for the Giants to keep drives sustained, whether that be leaning on a strong rushing attack or you know taking what the defense is giving you if they're going to continue to not spy Tommy DeVito when you drop back manipulate the pocket and look to run if you need to um, or if they're going to bring a shitload of pressure um, I'm really interested to see how New Orleans attacks Tommy DeVito how how they react to last week on the other side of the ball I'm I'm less worried um, especially if Olave is a no-go if Olave is a no-go this entire offense for New Orleans is Alvin Kamara and uh, I guess it falls on A.T. Perry, who's like a rookie wide receiver from Wake Forest. Um, I guess you could throw Jawan Johnson in there, big big tight end. But without without Chris Olave, this is like it's just not a scary offense for me. Um, Derek Carr, you know, I I don't know if it was last week or the week before. Every time Taysom Hill went on the field, the fans cheered. When Derek Carr went back on the field, they booed. Um, it's not something Giants fans are unaccustomed to, that sort of nonsense, but it's certainly not good. Um, it doesn't invoke a lot of confidence in an offense, and I'm sure it doesn't do anything good for Derek Carr's psyche. I know that these guys are professionals, but you cannot lie to me and tell me that that sort of thing doesn't get in their heads. I'm sorry. Um, you know, with a, a, a pretty decent O-line that New Orleans has, uh, Derek Carr might not be very good. Fans may not like him, but he's not stupid. Uh, at least not in my opinion. Uh, I wonder if blitzes are not going to be the most effective thing. Uh, 
it might be prudent to show a lot of blitz and drop into a lot more coverage than actually blitz, uh, you know, more than normal. Um, I do think that Alvin Kamara is going to be a big part of this offense, whether it's a focus for New Orleans or not. Uh, I just think in general he's a difference maker. He's a lot of fun to watch. Um, And it's going to take some really patient and disciplined linebacker play. He likes to jump around, make people miss. Thankfully, linebacker play has been outstanding this year from both linebackers. Micah McFadden is playing incredibly, and Bobby Okereke seemed to be just the type of linebacker that's been missing from this organization since, like, Michael Bowley or before that Antonio Pierce, who just coached a team to 60 points uh, last night. Derek Carr can be baited into some really stupid throws. You know, I I said he wasn't stupid, but... Really what I meant was he's going to work the film room. He's going to understand uh, tendencies and probably going to be able to identify a lot of the blitz packages that we bring. In that regard, he's not stupid. I do think he can be baited into stupid throws. I think that that's sort of a wing specialty. I think that – I don't know if uh, Jordan Love was baited into a couple of stupid throws on Monday or if he just made them. Uh, but again, confusion is confusion, and stupidity comes from confusion. So uh, that's all. That's all part of the greater wink uh, philosophy, I guess. Identity. Most importantly, and it's something that's been a, an on and off point for the Giants all year: strong tackling. I, and I don't care if it's Alvin Kamara and his shiftiness, or if it's Jawan Johnson and his big body or if it's just sacking the quarterback, I don't care. The tackling has been bad. Uh, It wasn't good last week either. You know, down around the line of scrimmage, pretty good. But downfield, we had some awful tackling from secondary guys with Xavier McKinney, Cordell Flott, even Deontay Banks. Uh, All of those are smaller guys, lighter guys, especially Cordell Flott. But it's got to stop. I mean, Xavier McKinney is a wrap-up guy. But it's often too high, and if he doesn't have help, he can be bullied backwards for two to three yards before dragging somebody to the ground or something like that. Just in general, the tackling in the secondary has been lackluster, and at times down around the line of scrimmage, it hasn't been great either. So I do think that if the Giants are going to get burned on defense, it's it's probably going to have most to do with poor tackling. When it comes to this game at the end of the day, I, I... I'm having a lot of trouble uh, seeing us put together an offense like we saw on Monday night week after week. I, I think that, not to take anything away from any Giants players, but it's been a struggle to move the ball on offense all year for a lot of the same guys. Um, and a lot of it comes down to the offensive line not being great. Uh, I'm not saying everything. I'm not saying it can't be worked around, but it's certainly hard to put up consistent points week after week against different kinds of defenses every week. Uh, and I just don't see us this week scoring 20 points without a defensive score. I actually think we lose this game, but again, really close. I don't think New Orleans is good. I think they can win this game, the Giants. Right now, I have to see two games in a row where we scored significant points. You know, the three wins from Tommy DeVito is impressive. 24 points from Tommy DeVito is impressive, um, but that only happened once. Most of these wins have been really, really low-scoring affairs. If I see another win 
with uh, a 20 plus point total I will be more consistent with those predictions going forward in this game though I, I think we might lose in a heartbreaker something like 19 to 17 or 19 16 something like that um 17 16 really close game I think a lot of bad offense a lot of turnovers I think there's might be like three four turnovers totally in this game um, but I could certainly see the Giants winning this game too um, I'm trying to remain pessimistic I'm trying not to buy into the the DeVito uh, jersey juice whatever um, sensation just yet I'm just trying to remain I love the legend as it is right now, and I don't want to put too much pressure on the legend and asking to uh, beat the Eagles or anything like that. So um, after beating New Orleans, we'll start talking about beating the Eagles. Until then, I, I think the Giants might lose this one in a heartbreaker, and I think that the legend of Tommy DeVito continues week after week. Um, and then around the NFC East, I see... The whole NFC East is away this week. Washington at the Rams. I think the Rams win. Washington is a dumpster fire. Dallas at Buffalo I think is going to be a close game, but Dallas looks like they're on a roll right now. Buffalo, I got to see two games out of them as well. Philadelphia at Seattle. Philadelphia might be reeling a little bit here, and Seattle has everything to play for. I still think Philadelphia wins, but that's going to be one I'm going to keep my eyes on. Uh, as well, Washington game less so, less so, but Dallas and Philly definitely going to be watching those games as well. Um, hoping that Cranky Fan is feeling better for our Monday night episode for Tuesday morning, so that we can have a real back and forth. If not, I will have somebody else on because I do not want to do a game review just by myself. I think that's stupid reaction to this game, especially if it's a win and we're into the Devito mania then I will definitely have somebody else on here. So be sure to subscribe, stay tuned, etc. Um, follow us on Twitter at JustGiantsPod, at Football underscore Grump, at the Cranky Fan. He is a real person, I promise, for anybody whose first episode is this one. Um, and, of course, tell friends. Um, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, and um, YouTube. Until Tuesday morning, we will see you then. Go Giants! Let's go Giants!